morning and welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Lannon and I'm here with the illustrious. Illustrious, I like I it. I love that word, Lou Blasi. Yes. And um, it is a beautiful day actually out today, even though it's gray, dreary January in Massachusetts. That's, it's actually really nice today. That's funny because I looked out the window this morning and said, God, gray again. <laughs> oh, it's actually nice and sunny. I don't know when you came in. Oh, is it sunny? It's really sunny, and cool. it's just a little crisp, and, you know, it's going to be 50 in two days. So. <laughs> hey, for January, we'll take it, right? Right, exactly. So, so Lou, how are you this morning? Are you doing okay? I'm wonderful. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm fine. Okay. I was I was saying to Lou that I thought he was in a bad mood this morning. You did well, I just did. You I just... know last week he... Oh, well, that was... So in a couple weeks... Last week I was. Wow. Yeah. So speaking of bad moods... Yeah. So when I came in this morning, I told Lou that I was going to talk about a couple topics. And the first one I was going to talk about, that he was to be contained. Yes, you leashed me. <laughs> I, I, put, I put a leash on him and said, stay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that I could talk about it without going down the rat hole. So... I'm curious as to how you're going to talk about it without going down the rat hole. Oh, I'm, yeah. oh I can keep this yeah. really framed in. Mm -hmm. We can go a little bit to the edges, but we're going to keep it because I just wanted to address the fact right. that between last week and this week, obviously, if I don't talk about a health and wellness show talking about what happens to people within their lives, given the state of affairs of the country right. and how it impacts them on a daily basis within their normal daily lives plus their family lives plus their friendship lives and all the things that it's impacting i'd be remiss to be doing my job because i literally have probably sat with 70 some odd people between last week and today so far and last wednesday and today and i think it's come up what happened in the capital at least 90 Five percent of it is yeah. what I've been talking about. So well, you know, when it's coronavirus, that's what we talk about. When it, when it was George Floyd, that's what we talk about. So now this, obviously. So well, it, I've been swimming in these waters for twenty plus years. Yes, doing talk shows, general yes. talk shows, political talk shows. So this is I'm used to this to an extent. This has got me pissed off. See, and this yeah. is why I leashed you because yeah. <laughs> I know you. Yeah. So, but okay. So, so the reason why I was bringing it up, I'm is emotionally involved in this when I don't normally get emotionally involved in this. So, so lots of people are, yeah. but the perspective I'm coming with today is the health and wellness side of it. Is that um, to keep the focus on the fact that people are so upset for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got their reasons why, and I've heard the gamut. Um, but it's it, but. In explaining, the, f the question has been, why? Now, why meaning a, a variety of things to different people. But when you talk about psychological phenomenon, and people don't realize how much every day in life is psychological. Sure. Um, pretty much everything and anything you do is psychological and emotional and bases on your um, um, body and your mind and your spirit and how you interact with people, the choices you make, everything. So, um, and, and Both having, individually and collectively. It, right, exactly. Yeah. So, so this actually, people say, um, a couple of people that I've had in my practice this week that haven't participated in conversing about it have been more like, well, it doesn't really impact me. But then they go on for the next 40 minutes talking about how it doesn't impact them. So clearly it does. So, you know, whether you're on the camp of that or it does impact me, it's still impacting yeah. you because it's around you. So. But from the perspective of people asking me why, the why around the psychological phenomenon is is at the base root is groupthink. You know, we're talking... Herd mentality. It's it's the group. It's, you know, the 
the definition of groupthink, if you look it up, actually, it has, you know, well-intentioned people coming together for the same cause, but it basically going in a good direction or it could go in a bad direction. I mean, I'm loosely doing the definition, but yep. groupthink is a phenomenon, actually, that when... And it has a couple other psychological phenomenon, particularly diffusion of responsibility. When 15 people do it or 10 people do it or even two or three people do something together mm -hmm. and then it gets the snowball rolling and everyone says, well, they're doing it. So it's OK for me to do it. Therefore, it's OK for me to do it. And then, well, that person's not going to get in trouble if, if everybody. So it, it's the right. justification. It's the defense mechanisms, you know, the minimization, all the things that come into play to make a person continue down a path of what would maybe give them the reasoning on a daily basis on their own individuality that they wouldn't step into right. a line of fire, so to speak, that they cognitively, they thought process irrationally away um, that, well, because we're all doing it, it makes it okay versus staying in your own lane. And, you know, God, there's so many questions that have come up like, you know, this is an immoral thing. Why would people go into an unethical space? You know, why would you cross over from like so many people that sat on the sidelines and peacefully sat without protesting by going in? Um, and that's, you know, for a very simplified answer, psychologically, it's the difference between there's a group think that kept people in a group outside on the other side of the fences, so to speak. And then there's the group think that kept them on the other side that went in and did the other thing. That doesn't mean that, that, um, um, you know, that this, that it's about sides. It's about more that there's certain people that are able to keep their collective away from them and mm -hmm. stay more individualized with their cognitive thoughts and keeping their um, super ego, which is your moral manager, um, what would be, you know, the consequence versus the reward, you know, am I going to get in trouble mattered more to them than not. So there's thought process, but I wouldn't be able to answer that for every single person. Yeah. And people are asking me like, why did those people do that? Not these people. And it's going to be individually based. I mean, I'd have to go through and predictably say, well, this person's more likely going to sit on that side or this side. Or, um, But it bottom lines come, comes down to, you know, underneath it all. It's the permission given from the groupthink. And this is where I had to leash you because it's not about opinion here. It's about the fact that if it's inferred or implied um, that somebody may put out a message or many people are putting out a message, whether it's on one side or another, right, side to side, that groupthink is more likely to be revved up because a, a leadership or someone at an authority figure will be implying it or saying it directly or whatever the interpretation is. And it's hard to know whether or not a group of people will do something based on another thing. So when you look at cult research or you look at, you know, we've talked about religion, we've talked about things that sway people to do things, um, the, the, the leadership in those tends to get people really at their softer sides to say, you know, to, it's not commiserate, but to really empathize. And you could say that for anything that has a group possibility to it, whether it's going towards a good direction or a bad direction, whatever you deem it. But the, that culty nature of something um, allows people to bond together because it's a universal shared experience. We talk about yeah. when people go and have group support groups and, and do other things together, the whole community spirit. It just happens to be that it ended really poorly in this case, obviously. So um, it's, it's a matter of really understanding like 
do you stand on your own with your own individual thought, own individual decisions, and making sure that you're weighing out consequences and so on and so forth. So if I could have stood up on a podium and said, before everyone runs to the Capitol, <laughs> let's all step back and think for a second. Think for yourselves. Think about where you're going to be in two hours. Think about where, you, but we can't do that. Yeah. But this is part of the reasoning of you know people asking me like, why do people do these things? What happens? And it's not a judgment on, it's not a judgment on whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. Even though I might have one, it's more that here's why it happens because it's allow people allow each other to get into that conglomeration of yes, let's go because we all share this dream together, whether it's misguided or not, and that's. And that's where you have that problem that happened last week in a very basic nutshell. So for people out there that are asking that question psychologically, that's the simplified answer. And Lou is looking at me like <laughs> she told me not to say anything. <laughs> no, I will. No, you can absolutely say stuff. But I will I just expand want to get on the group think theme. And I think the big mistake that everybody's making at this point is looking at this as an isolated incident. Okay. And this is the end of a chain of group think that started at least last summer and going back to Ferguson and going there the group think is that this type of behavior is not only tolerated but encouraged well okay so so that's part of group think right is right. that is but that, i mean i i i hesitate i chafe at looking at this as an isolated incident oh it's well no it's not an isolated incident it's that's part of I, the context of the entire summer it's part of again it's part of the context going back to Ferguson so, so when you say that, so making sure that I didn't imply that it was an in isolated incident, I'm speaking of groupthink in general, using last week as the example of what yeah. happens. But certainly, um, but like this we is talk a culmination. About... I think it's a culmination, not just of that. This is a culmination of of people on you know around coronavirus. Or, I mean, it's, uh, the, it's yeah. uh, so let's start exactly. from last January to now, like a yep. year and a year, right? It's, uh, it's the culmination of the intensity of a lot of emotion and a lot of opinion and deep rooted feelings and uh, people being swayed one way or another and finding their people or their tribe and then becoming enervated or I'm trying to remember if that's the right way to say that one. I mean, it's the right word, but it's, use the word mob. Right, right. So in getting <laughs> it's them mob, right, and, yeah. and and getting into that space. Um, so absolutely, it's not an isolated incident. It's about the fact that it's increasing more and more, and it's about the question. I should wrap it up, not wrap up the conversation, but wrap up that piece of the way to quell it is to really have somebody multiple people being like we have to think individually we have to be able to settle there's consequences to this don't do this stuff because this is going to you know this is perpetuating even though there's been little bits and pieces well, it's going to take time because that's a new message right and yeah. so therefore the you know from a psychological doctor perspective it has to be this blasted big message of okay <laughs> we need to take a big step back and really settle here and think about what's the, at the end of the day, is someone going to die? And yes, in these cases it is. So why are we doing that? You know, and really giving a message that's full and broad about there's consequences to these things, whether it was last week or last summer or in the middle, you know, all the way back. Exactly. And it's about really seeing that it's not a I'm very careful to say this. <laughs> it's not necessarily about the, the topic. It's groupthink. It's 
what do you do with your individual self to then control for yourself if so if i was having if i had an uh, an individual client in my office and they were telling me about how they wanted to you know gear up and go out and like tote a gun and have a baton and and fly you know a flag with a purple tulip on it i don't you know and 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 at the end of the day in my head looking at them from the outside going this could end up really poorly for you at the end of the day having people be able to say at some point there's a gap stop of where is this going to end at the end of the day for you yeah. how is this going to, and not for you as a group just because the group's doing it with you it's like where's it going to end for you why right. participate so i think that that's it'd be great if we could get some message out like hey there's nothing wrong with you having these feelings these thoughts c coming together and and talking about it or being settled or what you know what peaceful protesting is supposed to be um and I've always had this thing with protest always has that, you know, I'm a word person. So it's like protest yeah. has that charge to yeah. it versus a peaceful get together, <laughs> which sounds cheesy. Um, but it's, you know, it's really about looking at that individual and saying, like, at the end of the day, you're, this isn't going to end well for you. Let, let me analogize this yeah. and you can see if you if you buy into this. Yeah. I'm guessing I don't know how much couples therapy you do. I do tons. Okay. So I'm guessing, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, yeah. oftentimes the discussion centers around people understanding what their part is in the conflagration. In other words, yes. they blame the partner. The partner right. is doing something wrong. Yes. And part of the solution is always to recognize your contribution to yes. it, your partner. It doesn't mean it's all your fault. It doesn't right. mean it's predominantly your fault. But you play a part. Right. Right? Yes. So in this case, you've got a lot of people who are aghast right now, right. pearl clutching, who are out in the summer in... BLM protests and contributing to uh, people who are bailing out uh, rioters and looters and, you know, people who took over parts of Portland for a couple months and things like that. That was part of this. That was part of the lead up to this. You have to understand your role in it. And we all agree that what happened in at the Capitol was bad and we don't want it. Mm -hmm. But we don't want any of the other stuff either. Well, I think. Well, I think that that's to and the I point. And I think we of, all have to understand our role in it and understand our part in in producing it. So, I, so yes, I'm going to come back to that in a second. I yeah. think to the point that you just said, though, is that is that the we don't want a part of any of this. Meaning the the negative side of it it's got to have it can happen with a positive side if people can contain sure. their their anger their resentments their hostilities their feeling of being oppressed and suppressed now that's in a perfect world obviously yeah. so and what's we didn't driving ask for that think, in the summer driving group yeah. think is all this this energy behind all those things happening because there's all those pieces in so many people um if we had had the reaction to this reaction to capitol hill if we had had this reaction at the beginning of the summer with all the other trouble that we've had, the occupation of the Wisconsin State House, all this stuff, if we had had this reaction to that, we might not be here now. We might have quelled it. Well, so, it's, I mean, yeah, six, one, half dozen, the yeah. other. And I think that, so, because it's up, so, if we keep it to last week, the, it upped the ante, right? So, you, you've, I mean, yeah. you would imagine at least this, I'm going on the anecdotal stuff I've been listening to from people, is that when you think about Wisconsin or other places, um, or even like the stuff that's even being talked about, about Michigan State House right now being yeah. really vulnerable and so on. Portland, they had a, had a no-go zone. Right. An exactly. autonomous zone for months. For months, right. Yeah. So if you, th but if you think about that sometimes, as you know, something really big has to happen 
bigger than the big before <laughs> to have it move on something. So, you know, not to belittle any of the other capitals in the states, but the most major capital building in the entire world, as they say on the news and so on, you know, is attacked is very different than the state house in Montpelier, Vermont, even though it's still a state house and so on. So I think that, and I mean, I'm just taking psychological guesses about why this one would be, because there's so much, people have more, talk about patriotism, right? There's more patriotism towards the capital in D.C. versus the state ones individually. So it's kind of looking um, at, you know, everybody has a mother versus there's one overall mothership kind of thing. It's like, well, yeah. the mothership is the big protected place versus all the little offshoots of it. So I'm imagining that psychologically that that is what is really the underpinning for people's hurt or anger about this particular incident at yeah. this particular place at this particular time. I think that's optimistic, but yeah. Well, that is part of my job. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that, but that's just to give it some context. It doesn't take away from the, the fact that there's certainly been energy coming into this, obviously, and there's a lot of energy. Now, going back to the point about responsibility, and I want to tie this into also how this is impacting families and how people are talking yeah. about it with their kids, it, you know, because it's about, talk about a life lesson. You have to take responsibility for your partner, right? So everybody has a piece of responsibility in this that participated right we would imagine define participation oh here see this is now the, the leashing leashing well so yeah so the the implications are that if people are doing what would be illegal or deemed unethical immoral things that would go against your natural grain mm -hmm. of even social norming or whatever that's going to be a problem if it's being implied or incited and words being met that doesn't mean a person could say go fight for something now some one person could say that and it might mean something this way right but when let's call a spade a spade here when you have someone that's always in the news talking very psychologically about rallying a huge bunch of people whether it's Republican or Democrat, right? Mm -hmm. Clearly what we're talking about here. Then if it's continuing, then it's going to rev up the base of the group thing, period. Whether they're, we don't have to designate who the people sure. are. It's, it's going to rev up that base. Republican, so, Democrat, or media. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. if you've got your fist up in the air, metaphorically speaking, going, go fight, and those are words, they're going to have very different meaning than someone being like, we have to fight for something on a different side that doesn't have a revved up base at this time. Not implying that anyone's got one way or the other, but it's just about, the, it's just the psychological piece of how this works. So the responsibility side is, if you're having words that are selectively being put out there, and there's a collective that's saying, those probably aren't the best words to be using. There's a responsibility on that side as much as there's a responsibility on the other side of who acts on those words. You know, um, Like Chris Cuomo saying, who says protests have to be peaceful? Who I mean, said, Chris Cuomo said that? Yeah. Oh. I didn't hear him say that. So. Referring to other protests. I mean, uh -huh. You get Maxine Waters telling people to disrupt cabinet members. I did. You know, I, go fight them. Right. Basically. So, well, right. So now, now, so I, I know that reference. So yeah. here's the thing. And it's how much of a group think base, 
going back to the original, how much of a group think base do you have behind Maxine Waters, behind Chris Cuomo, or behind the President of the United States? I would say, I mean, visually I'm thinking huge, big pool, like so collectively down the little chute of how many people are going to rev up behind those those people in the the leadership of those things. So that again, you know, going back to psychological research of why people follow certain people yeah. and why they do certain things, the bigger powerful person with a bigger group of group thinkers is going to be the one that has the biggest impact. So, you know, Maxine Waters can say, you know, fight and all these things and people sort of go, who's she or what's she? Yeah. And there's a small yeah. group, but you've got a v 75 million people which I'm going to split in half, 35 million people who really buy into the groupthink piece of of that particular leader versus the other current incoming, right, is is more more powerful than maybe 100,000 people that might follow Chris Cuomo or, you know, whatever it is, right? So, and I mean, they're not necessarily going to follow those words and not because they're not powerful words from each of those people, it's because of what those words mean coming from the person they're coming from. The person who they're coming from has power in terms of their influence. And so the psychological influence of someone is very, very important because of the way that a person's interpreted. President of the United States versus Chris Cuomo on CNN. It power, both powerful, well, but one With the full power much, of the media behind it. <laughs> right. But you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. right? So I mean, collectively looking at that, you know, you know, that there's an imbalance there of like who's gonna, people aren't gonna follow Chris Cuomo. That's like saying, you know, Tucker Carlson's gonna be followed as much as President Trump. There's not. I mean, you're gonna have, yeah, you're gonna. It's it. You know, you got the same thing. Chris Cuomo and Tucker Carlson, in terms of like media push, I would say are equal in terms of their ability to to rally people. But at the end of the day person in power like Putin Putin's going to have more power in Russia than anybody on you know his TV channels or whatever I mean it's it's people in power if we look at like Waco Texas and David Koresh there's a reason you're from I'm sure you're familiar with David Koresh and sure. the cult right and mm -hmm. right so if we just look at people who are in leadership positions who build a build their um, emotional base of, of people around a belief system that has a lot of power with a lot of words that make sense to someone, they're going to just be much more likely to go forward with that. And um, Irvin Staub, I don't know if you know who he is. No. He's a he's a pretty famous psychologist um, who did research and did lots of um, work with people from the Holocaust. He was a Holocaust survivor. He just happened to be my professor mm -hmm. when I was growing up. Oh. And he wrote um, a, a very standout book that still holds true to a lot of what we're talking about today about the psychology of good and evil and how evil takes hold. And we could debate about what evil definition is, but evil things and neg it's like negative. We talk about the negativity of people and things. Negativity takes hold faster than anything positive. So sure. if you get that little grain of anger, that little grain of resentment, or it rings true for someone like that hurt me or, and it, oh, and I found out it hurt 50 other people or that this is a belief that's going against mine or that will pick towards people and pull and i've talked about that before too the phenomenon of we pull for what we know we pull the negative things towards us so in the case of david koresh he pulled towards him people who were vulnerable and in in many cases of big huge group think whether it's 
you know, I'm trying to think of like a comparison point to what's going on now here in this country. Can't come up with one right now. But mm-hmm. um, but when you pull for that emotionally, you're going to have a lot of people buy in because people feel like they're supported. And then it's going to be able to kind of it doesn't even have to have a structure, which is why part of the reason why I think last week fell apart is because it was an, an organized, chaotic <laughs> mess because people all had this one mindset and it got out of control because there was no leadership structure around how to really contain the feelings around it. It's such a big psychological phenomenon, fascination for me. Um, You know, it's kind of like when people come into the emergency room for other doctors, like it's like a big bleed out and you're like, oh my God, what's going on here? It's, there was so much emotion that really needed to be contained and it wasn't contained in the way that it needed to be. There's nothing wrong with having the emotion. It's it's like when my kids come in and say, I'm so angry, I punched the wall. And like, okay, well, you're going to have a lot of holes in the wall. What can we do? You can be angry, but yeah. what do you do differently? How do you channel that in different ways? And people say, that's cheesy or, what? you know, that's all tree-hugging stuff. Well, yeah, but at the end of the day, the consequence for you punching walls or you attacking someone or you do whatever it is, is very different than you channeling it individually within yourself to not, like, inspire others to do bad things. <laughs> I don't have a problem discussing the responsibility of the protesters. I don't have a problem discussing the responsibility of the president in the protest. Where my problem lies is, again, looking at it as an isolated incident, because I don't believe what January 6th would have happened without the context of 2020. Well, yeah. I mean, am I... In other you, words, permi- you, permission was that I'm given... But are saying that, that that's, it's isolated? I'm sorry. Are you are you thinking that I'm saying it's an isolated incident? I'm thinking everybody is looking at it at this one incident. And what I think they need to recognize is that violent response to oppression was permitted for the entire year. And people who feel they're oppressed, in this case by a number of other factors, by years of being... Um, uh, vilified just because of the way they partic- they feel about who which candidate they back or whatever. Once you make the statement, and it was happening all throughout 2020, and again, it started at Ferguson. Once you make the statement that oppressed people, it's okay to be pissed. And mm-hmm. it's okay to do, it's okay to respond violently. Mm-hmm. That allowed the context for this to happen. I don't believe, and we'll never know, I don't believe Capitol Hill happens without the rest of 2020. I think well, that was that yeah, was I, I mean, part I of the group thing right. and part of the permission giving for so, this to happen. So yes, and and so if we and if we go with that, thing, so I think which, we have to recognize as a society that we created this through a series of events, right. not through the president speaking, you know, twenty minutes well, before th- it happened. Well, I think that that was the culmination of it. I think mm-hmm. that the lead up was all of those things, and the fact that anyone in leadership didn't condemn Ferguson, if we go back to Ferguson, right from the beginning in an appropriate way to stop that. And that was leadership. And it's always, in these cases, it's leadership and following all the way through, then we end up in that. So there's, there's there's the seed of at least the person on the podium that's continuing to be the common denominator, whether someone wants to say it is or isn't, he's the one on the podium. So there's people gonna look at that, obviously, and say, well, that last 20 minutes incited this last piece of the push now hopefully it will die down because everyone else is coming out but i I understand if you're standing back and again you're pearl clutching and thinking this is awful and this is horrible and this is this is an insurrection and you taking you're not not taking any part in it 
you're missing the point here. And I think we all have to step back. Well, yeah, well, that's, and that was my point. Yeah. When you're thinking about groupthink, every person, no matter what side, every person really needs to step back and, and like reset and bring it back down to a baseline yeah. of like, okay, enough is enough. Is, and that's, and that's, but the, the, the fear, whether it's driven by media or not, I'm just talking about just yep. general, the fear of what is to come in the next eight days. I mean, these are all the pieces of normal life, anticipatory anxiety. We go with what we know. History will repeat itself. You know, there's a fire under someone's belly. There's revenge. There's all these things. And it's hard to slow that train down. Mm -hmm. But in, you know, I would love to be able to do one person at a time to be able to say, okay, step back, <laughs> step back, because there's a consequence for you at the end of this. And it could be a good consequence or a bad consequence. But if you go this way, it's going to go that way. And if it's good, but unfortunately that's not going to happen. But I certainly, I certainly agree that this whole year, the combination, and that's been what I've, a lot of my shows have been about these patterns and accumulation of week after week of people being, you know, coronavirus, quarantined, feeling oppressed, feeling yeah. suppressed, feeling repressed, all depressed. Yeah. <laughs> depressed, right? It, it is 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 leading up to This is the result of rhetoric and this is the result of setting ground rules and then we're all aghast when people play by the ground rules. So, so I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> well, I do, but I, I'm not going to go. You disagree? No, I don't. No, I just, I just had something different, and okay, it was, yeah. was going to go not into the health and wellness realm. It was going to go into more of opinion, and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So, um, the, um, but the, the, the health and wellness piece for this, again, is when people are home talking, because I see a lot of families, too, and, and couples and couples fighting about this, and yep. is at the end of the day, you know, really figure out where is it impacting you truly is it worth fighting with people is it worth i mean people getting like the social media people screaming at each other unfriending yeah. each other calling each other names Ugh, you know and it's like at the end of the day is this really where you want to be in this mess because they talk about responsibility now you're not in the Capitol fighting something and surging on, you know, a building. Now you're surging at each other on Facebook yeah. <laughs> or Twitter yeah. or whatever it is. And it's that's where it's, you know, maybe take a hiatus and, you know, and if you want to call it pearl clutching or being Pollyanna, it's, it's you got to take a break from it because yep. it's it's constantly there and it's going to be constantly there. And, and again, I'm used to being in these waters. I'm used to being in the Facebook wars. I've stepped back because this is just this is just too much right now. It, hey, listen, people are I saw people more are out of control. This week than I have in a while. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, it, it, I, for the same reasons. I, right. Well, so, but here's the thing: is Lou, from me to you, I would say you because I know you get very impassioned by all this, and so do I. And I don't. I don't. I would step back from it to be able to say I'm going to just take a break from this for a couple of days because I have a feeling by next week it's. Oh, next week oh, my show's on inauguration day. Oh no! <laughs> no, I, I don't. Have, I'm not. I'm not riled up by that. I don't have a problem with that. That's the way the. It's the way the government works. I, I know, I know, but it's the emotional piece behind it. You're very impassioned, and I know that there's nothing wrong with that. It's a matter of like, then how does it impact your life, and how does it impact your day, and and you know, I mean, people are well, it, well, it does, right, for me, because yeah. what if someone goes back through my timeline and decides, you know, you're off Facebook, right, 
Well, that's the part that I'm, I haven't seen anything that you would say that would get you tossed off Facebook. I don't know. I don't know. I followed you, but yeah. I think, but, but it's to everyone's point. It's to everyone's point that's been talking to me about like, where does it impact me? And you, yeah. you know, and, and and that's the point where that's one point where it impacts me because right. it's and become so, a social media witch hunt. Right. So for you, you know just knowing you, so we're going to have a little bit of therapy time for Lou, <laughs> is that, I mean, I know your Facebook feeds. I haven't seen anything that would be inciting anyone to do anything or something that's so offensive. I haven't seen any of that. Okay. So I would give you the the blessing, not that I'm the end all, but <laughs> that I think you're good. Yeah. So, but that you're worried is important because, you know, it stinks to have to be worried about, like, that you're writing an opinion up. But your opinions, like most people I see, aren't, um, disrespectful and rude and condemning of other people. They're sort of just straightforward facts as you know them, which is very different than being like, go hurt someone or take yeah. back the world or, you know, make sure you bring your guns. That's a very different sure. message. And yeah. so, so if we were sitting in the office together, I'd say, which we are now, I'd say, you know, what's rational, reasonable, and realistic about how this is really going to impact you? Are you in your safeguard moment? We just figured out that there's nothing that you're doing that would be seen as inappropriate or something that would be inciting someone to do something poorly, you know, mm -hmm. or something bad. Um, so, But like-minded people who help influence groupthink, which mm -hmm. is the subject here, mm -hmm. are being silenced on a daily basis, which means my voice in general, not specifically my voice, but my voice of people who feel the way I feel is being silenced. So we're but being we're being outcast from society. So well, and so that, this is where I'll disagree because yeah. I read your posts. So if we're talking individually, and this is a lot of people's that I see, so I can generalize it, is that people may not be listening to your post, listening to post, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yep. You know, reading and, and they may they may not be listening and acting on it because now here's where the other part of group thing is. Yours, yours are kind of non-threatening. They're opinions that are based in a lot of like truths for you. They don't have anything salacious to them. And because they don't have anything salacious to them to fire anyone up, they get read, they get commented on, they get liked or whatever, and then people move along. Now, you do one of the posts like two days ago that you put up and you add one extra sentence to what I'm thinking about that you, you know, that could just be a little, it, oh, you, it'd be game on. Yeah. But that's, I think that's the difference between, and I, and therefore maybe I don't, I wouldn't look at it that you're being oppressed or suppressed. It's more that you're being, you're not as fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. No. So, so the way I, my perspective on it, and these are the way, you know, for people to take alternatives is like, it, it falls flat because it doesn't have heat to it because you're being like, oh, well, that makes sense. That sucks. Well, oh, well, and move on. Yeah. So, because when people make sense. But the threat isn't necessarily me. I'm not worried right. about me. The threat is Ron Paul has been, has been kicked off of social media. Um, people that I consider reasonable and like-minded that aren't inciting riots or anything like that just happen to disagree with the people in charge of making decision who gets to be on the on the um, outlet or not right you know we've, you get people losing a hundred thousand followers three hundred thousand followers it's and what you're creating here if you want to talk about groupthink is again maybe it's incendiary but it's a witch hunt so maybe this is a way that maybe this will be you know how things change because Mm -hmm. You know, tides change, things change. 
polyanamy, but maybe this is maybe this needed to happen to move some stuff around. Maybe it needs to happen to move along some other things. Maybe it gets people talking like we're talking and other people are talking. And it's rare, you know, this is why I brought it up today is like you and I talk about this stuff even off air and we are fine. And we yep. know that we agree on some things and disagree and there's never a fight because we respect right. each other's because we like each other's people. We know we have good values and so on and so forth. And I think that that's where some of the downside is for people that don't have that is that they lose sight of respecting. Even if a per even if you, if you told me, well, you believe in like it's okay to go hurt people, I'd probably look at you and go, well, yeah, no. uh, I'm probably going to distance myself from you. But, you know, outside of those things, people being really, you know, the tip to drive people towards not having this impact you to, to death, so to speak, is being able to talk about things and seeing it. And um, instilling in other people that, hey, this is just a thought to have. It doesn't mean you have to agree. But, you know, I enjoy hearing your sides and hearing things just because I like to hear what other people think. Mm -hmm. And you're in a better place in life hearing other people's thoughts and being able to think for yourself based on as much information as you can. And that's where I think groupthink is problematic is that many people that I've encountered in groupthink issues or where I've done consultations in school systems where there's groupthink issues like bullying and yep. so on, it, which, it, you know, it's, it's that there's so much narrow scope to the thought process or um, exposure and experience base to make a person feel positive enough or assured enough that they can actually think sort of outside the box or take in other people's information or have the triangulation of ideas that that's missing. Whereas I think that People like you, people like me, and there's many people out there like that, do that. And so, therefore, you're able to, to even if you disagree, you can still see the side and go, all right, I get it, and then move along without having it become inciting of, uh, you know, attack on each other. And I think that that's, I guess that's one of my biggest messages for keeping your head right through the next, well, who knows, like, <laughs> people go, eight more days. It's not even about that because no. it, that's like saying 2021 comes and it starts new. And all the memes last week after I left here on, we're like, well, sober January is over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so who knows when yeah. that is. But putting a timeline on it isn't really important. It's more about like, okay, taking today, doing today, seeing how, because how are you going to do today and how are you going to feel today? And I know I'm going to get the, you're tree hugging, you're... You're polyanning, but I'm also trying to make sure that people just function through their day without like being derailed that this is all they're thinking about. I mean, I have people that have been super depressed over the past week and clin like clinically have slid it slid. Yeah. I was gonna say slid in, have slid into deeper despair because they see the greater world around them being so collectively in despair that they take it on and that is a huge mental health issue yeah. and that impacts their family life and them yelling at their kids and um you know suicidal ideation and and that's and that's what's happened and so for my job is is not to be pollyanna but to really generate some alternative perspectives that you don't have to hold on to if you feel oppressed what can you do about it it's you know if you feel suppressed, me personally well, no, no, well, no, <laughs> no, I'm not asking no. you personally, but it's, it's, it's general, you know, good psychology. No, but it's, it's a, it's a weight that you're carrying right now. Now, as a professional, I've got to comment on, I've got to comment on the, on Bill Belichick turning down the Medal of Honor, uh, the Medal of Freedom. 
Oh God, I've got I knew a we we're gonna go here. No, I've got a comment on that. That's okay. part of my job. I have to make a comment. Oh on yeah. It. And when I'm doing it, I am. I had to think through this, and was I have a comment about this. Which yeah, is why. and yeah. I was. I had to think through this and the potential repercussions of anything I was going to say on that subject weighed on me heavily while I commented on it. Right. And I kind of resent that, to be honest with you. So, okay. So, I think I can relate to you on this, which this is a good example of how maybe people out in the world can hear this. So, I too, because of my affiliation right. with the New England Patriots Foundation, Bill Belichick, and so on and so forth, when it was announced that he was going to have Talk about, like, out in the world, nothing should be impacting me on this, but it directly impacts yeah. me, right? I had the same, I thought, oh, no. Yeah. Here goes my affiliation with a charity foundation and a team that I love because of what they stand for and and how this will taint everything. Like, So I had to go through all the gyrations and brace myself for... If he took the medal, let me ask you this: What I was going to get? Wait, Let's base wait, this. Wait. No, let, no, did. wait, because I oh, need this. Oh, I geez. need this basis of the discussion. Yeah. Would it have tainted it for your personal viewpoint on it? No. Or, okay. No, it exactly. wouldn't have tainted my personal viewpoint of it, but it would have tainted right my experience of what I do yes. with this group, and then yeah, it's exactly and, what I'm talking and, about. And yeah. and um and I felt defensive of if Bill had so I had my I was ready because if yep. Bill had taken it. Like, I know Bill, you know, not, like, best friend, but I know him well enough to know that why he would have made the decision, I think, to yep. make to take it. But I also knew that 90% he wasn't going to because I knew who he was. So, you know, as yep. a person. So that was like, phew. <laughs> yeah. But not because I need, I wasn't going to change my opinion, but I was bracing for the how can you be affiliated with that we, you know people i'm not going to ever give to the charity again because everyone gets glommed together group think mm -hmm. that and so here's you know direct impact on something that i do and you know of course people are already a couple of people have already been like oh he didn't take it you know people i know he didn't take it because you know but he's been there with him he's a best friend of him and right and that's actually, I, I won't speak for him, but I can tell you that that's not actually the whole story. So therefore, I can resolve it in my head that people can be like, oh, he's been there supporting, blah, blah, blah. Eh, but you, like me. not quite like that. And this is an important concept when we're talking about groupthink, I think. You, like me, can, can handle duality. Right. In other words, he could have accepted this, and it wouldn't have bothered me personally, and I could have said, I wouldn't have done it. Right. But he did. I understand why right. I can live with it. Right. And a that's what would have happened for me. Yeah. But a lot of people can't live with duality. A lot of people can't live with that person thinks that way. It's not the way I think, but I understand it and I can deal with it. Well, and that's why groupthink works so well is because people don't sit in duality and they don't like cognitive dissonance. The, right. The, you know, the, the co cognitive conflict of sitting with two ideas that can possibly exist at the same time. Yeah. And, and that's really what that comes down to. And there's so many examples of this in the past de uh, decade, probably in the decade. I was going to say the past decade. But in the Century. Past <laughs> <laughs> in the past, I'm thinking the last year's felt like a decade. Yeah. But in the past year alone, right, we just take that, like sitting in duality that you can have n not just two ideas, but you can have multiple ideas, but people are so stuck. And, and that's largely based on experience base. Like if you're not exposed to having to sit with two ideas, 
and really figure out abstract reason them through for whatever reason you haven't been taught that or you just never got there or you haven't been exposed yeah. to it that is really a big part of why people get sucked into you know bullying in school um, bigger grander things out in the world you know fights with boss and employees of like I have an idea of doing it this way I won't do it that way people yeah. get stuck I mean it's everywhere um, and I think that that's such an important point to you know, if, they, if, if my listeners can think of anything about like, hey, sitting in the duality of the conflict of here's a person that I know who represents a team I support and do work for and charity work and run for and all these things. And he's not me and I'm not him. If he had taken the Medal of Freedom from someone, you know, that is in conflict right now in the world, that's on him. Now, I knew I'd get backlash for it. But I was okay with it because I knew where it was coming from. But I understand that people. Wouldn't and I understand know that. why. It's a great honor, but. Right, but in the context of but currently, in the, in the I'm equation, glad he made the decision that he did. Right, I'm, and I figured he would. Thank God. <laughs> and, you know, you know where I stand on these yeah. things, and I'm glad he didn't take it because, right. you know, in the grand equation of things. <laughs> Right. You, know, you got to make the smart decision. Exactly. But the fact that someone has to make that decision is a little is problematic. For me. Right. Well, and and here's the thing. Now going now talking about groupthink and not being pulled into it or being pulled into it. You know, mm -hmm. using the example that we just used about Bill Belichick. You know, at the end of the day, for me, whether he did or didn't would have impacted me one way or the other. I have relief that he didn't, and I would have been. Stress isn't the right word, but I would have been disappointed. And it would have caused me it would have caused me more than if it had been if he didn't choose what he did in terms of emotionally and all the other things. I would but have if, had to deal with it. I would I would have had to deal yeah. with it directly, even though As a fan of the person, as a fan of the organization, and as a professional, I would have had to deal this right. would have been a story for a month, two right. months. Exactly. And and, and I didn't want to deal with it, to be honest level. with you. So yeah. so here here's where the group think and the and the piece comes in about how emotionally invested a person gets in something <laughs> versus not, and how to then be able to back off and say, I see the big picture here, but where am I going to contribute to it or where am I not going to? You know, if you have to, if you see yourself, and, I, and this happens all the time, people don't think through all the way the end of the consequences, react first versus mm -hmm. respond. Yep. That's what gets people in trouble with groupthink is they react, you know, do the deed first, ask for forgiveness later or not, mm -hmm. you know, and so, and it's, right. it's, that is part of the, it, so many pieces to this of driving people's um, personal responsibility yeah. for taking for, them, for their own self of where they're contributing to their own issues within themselves, their family, their, their coupledoms, right. their friendships, their job, and then bigger, larger macro community. But to turn it around a little bit, dealing with groupthink. No, I'm, I, I, I'm. Hey, listen, I'm trying to have some fun with this. Turning the discussion around. I'm not tur turning this around politically. To turn the groupthink discussion around, you're, you ask how it affects you. Yes. And what we've seen over the last year and more, and what we've seen in the past, is when you get into a mob mentality environment, it's very easy to become the focus of the mob. Yes. The wrong statement, um, work for the wrong person. Uh, the wrong Facebook post. Right, because everyone becomes hypervigilant. Right. It's one thing when the capital is under siege by a mob. It's one thing when, um, you know, a city's under siege by the mob. It's another thing when you're under siege by the mob. Right. And a 
Facebook post that, you know, the mob doesn't like and starts coming That's a fear that people have to live with now because right. we've seen the effect of it. Right. And it's, again, I kind of resent the fact that I have to live wondering each Facebook post, what's the mob going to think now, and how what, am I going to trigger them? Now, what do you think Dr. Lannon would tell you to do about that? <laughs> what's uh, reasonable, responsible, and re what are the R's? Oh, I've been doing this for yeah. a year. You don't even know the R's? <laughs> yeah. oh, reasonable, realistic. rational, and, and realistic. What, it, what would be the reasonable, rational, and realistic thing to do about that? Well, yourself? well, reasonable, realistic. Well, I resent having to do that. <laughs> That's not the fourth R. No. <laughs> <laughs> Resentment is not the fourth R. Well, now, people charged the Capitol. People were in. People were shot. There were deaths. There, were, there was um, uh, overrun. There was all kinds of things going on. But there were people who were there who weren't doing any of that. Absolutely. And pictures show up, and they're out of work. Right. Well, so, well That's reasonable, realistic, and so, rational. That happens. Well, okay, so now I'm going to pull you back on that one. Yep. Because just because you have a picture of yourself there isn't the reasons why I would imagine that I've heard of people that have been fired or been let go. It's because they have crossed over that barrier, so to speak, and participated in a way that wasn't on the other side of the fence, like I started the beginning of the show. Like there was a woman that was taped about, I'm here, I didn't realize this was gonna happen, and she's like sobbing, and she's like, I yeah. never left the lawn, I just wanted to come and be here because I wanted to say I believed in, right. you know, the election. And she, you know, and she's like, and and her, her biggest statement was, I am not them. And I think that is largely true for many people. I, agree. I am not them. So, yeah. and I, and I, I think any reasonable dual thinking person sees that. I mean, it's not like everybody who was there did that. There was clearly a divide of who did and who didn't. And so I don't think that people who are just sitting peacefully or standing peacefully on the other side and carrying a flag, whether it was for Trump or whoever, it doesn't matter as long as they weren't crossed over into the other side. I mm -hmm. think that there is some reasonableness to that that I've seen. And I also can speak to that specifically because I know people that both sat on the on the non-broken side of the fence yes. and people who crossed over and who were completely panicked and said, oh, my God, do you think I'm going to get caught? And my answer was, yep, mm -hmm. probably because your yep. face was there. <laughs> <laughs> and you crossed over. So, you know, it's kind of like the life metaphor. When you cross over the boundary, you cross over someone's emotional boundary, you're going to hurt them. You cross over yep. someone's physical boundary, you're going to hurt them. You know, it's it's the life lessons of how to keep going in your own life as an individual. Like, you got to know the lines. And Well, see, that's uh, a problem. Right. The lines are set by other people. And the lines move. Yeah, there's a yeah, but Lou, come on. There's moral and ethical lines that are kind of like common between most people. That ha you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you know not to. It's one thing to, not that this is right, but it's it's one thing to be throwing a rock at a CVS and stealing band aids and crap or whatever people took versus storming a Capitol building with hundreds of people in it with intentions that seemingly see. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to CVS to steal the pharmacy tech. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I'm kind of putting it out there with a little tongue in cheek humor because yeah. we need some. But, you know, I mean, so there's some intentions there that are moral decisions of people know the difference. And but the but the group think thing is the justification for it. Well, everybody else is doing it. I have support. If I did it, they did it. We all did it. It's OK. Versus 
everybody that went and stormed and looted and rioted and broke into CVS and Macy's and did all the damage they did. That is not right. The more that's not moral and ethically right either. But there's a moral and ethical power differential there. And yeah. so it's like people know yeah, the difference the between case, hurting someone and stealing something. Yeah, They're both but in, wrong, but there's a and in then we the, get into that. How many sec- people how many people do you think well not to get into too many details, but you're taking the least offensive example of the looters right. and taking the most offensive example of the people who stormed the Capitol. Well, right. Well, I'm trying to make the point, though, of like yeah. the, 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 moral, the moral judgment, the moral ethical code that there's, there's, there's standards that are set that both are wrong. Yeah. You know, both are wrong. But there's, there's a point where people cross over into doing something. It's, you know, the difference between pointing a gun at someone versus shooting the gun. You know, people who shoot the gun may have a switch in their head you know i'm thinking of serial killers and other things like there's a moral drop off versus people that don't because the moral compass comes up or some ethical piece of them that's set you know societally obviously we set rules and regulations growing up developmentally Kohlberg's whole theory in psychology is moral development all the way up through until you're 20 years old so i mean and the whole first six years is about learning reward punishment through consequences. So it, it's it's that piece that's there in general and societally across the world, not just the United States, so that we know that as human beings that we have a moral code of what's right and wrong. Yeah. But it's exposure-based because, you know, I mean, I've had people say, well, yeah, but you go over to Iraq or Iran and <laughs> moral code is totally different. So, right. you know. Plus, so. my moral code is less relevant than the groupthink moral code. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, and that's the and so the where the group think moral code is being set right now is a little bit of prob- problematic right. in terms of its com- confliction with my moral code. Right. Right. It's, right. Because you're because well, I'll speak for my so my moral code would be I wouldn't have crossed over the fence. No. Right. Most people I know wouldn't have crossed over the fence. Everything would have happened on the sen- the fence side that didn't cross over into the illegal storming of a building yes right um my moral code would have rooted the insurrection with the national guard as right. it, as it would have been in portland as it would have been in right. minnesota as it would have been anywhere well, right so and i think i think so but here's see that the, that's line that line is flexible but the duality thought process of being able to sit with con, you know like people are allowed to protest have free speech do all yeah. these things right but there's a code there's an honor code here that has to be maintained and that's where the group think thing comes in to bypass. Yeah. And so it makes people super unhealthy because the, you know, if you are a Star Trek fan. <laughs> All right. Right. We're going to. Okay. And you are, you know, the Borg. Yeah. The Borg is one, but it's a collective of all. And it's in, and it does things in the purpose of evil. And so when you get into a collective of one with all, and it gets enough force behind it in a moment, it, it usually sits sedentary. It sits, you know, Borg sits as a block. The Borg just kind of goes through space, just spinning and, and just doing its thing and just sitting, and it's yep. got all the collective thoughts going, going, going. And then all of a sudden, the Borg feels threatened, and then as a group, as one, it attacks. And that's kind of how I thought of it last week, is like, oh, here we have the Borg is floating through space, and yep. now it's got a threat, and therefore, it attacks without any. There's no moral code. It does. The Borg doesn't have a moral code. It acts as one to make. <laughs> I was going to sure. ask you. Do you think the Borg thinks it's evil? <laughs> no, it doesn't. 
The Borg does not think it's evil. Right. I'm very well versed in this. <laughs> I'm very well versed in this. I know. Because, I just want to dive into this so yeah, much. But. Well, well, because so this, so here's why. I mean, yeah. here, and, and you know, I'm trying to make something out of this for people to relate to. Yeah. People work really well with visuals and metaphors. So I work really hard in my job to not just keep it like to the kind of boring clinical sure. blah yeah. blah blah. And I have a lot of people that I see that I have to conjure up <laughs> different ways of yeah. them being able to see it. And this, this. No, is, I think it's brilliant. I this, love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is one way of like, if you know Star Trek and you know the Borg, that's how I put it in context for last week around the Capitol. You know, it, for for the Capitol is the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> this is you know, and then we have the <laughs> now Borg. Now it's getting strained, but yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But it's true yeah. because that would be the mothership, right? It's mm-hmm. the attack on the mothership, and so the Borg felt threatened. By the capital, the capital is feeling threatened by the Borg, and but the Borg is acting as a collective, but really as one. Mm-hmm. And so, because one speaks for all, it goes and attacks, and then it retreats. The problem is, is that you have to break up the Borg so that it starts co- not collectively thinking; it starts thinking for itself, and that means it has to untangle so that everyone can actually think for themselves. And that's the only way to really combat groupthink. So when you have like prison riots or you have bullying in schools or you have it's the same concept it's really unraveling the 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 bonds that are unhealthy that are holding it together and being able to say okay everyone needs to be able to pull apart and stand on their own and think for themselves same thing with cults same thing with you know when you get into like heavily um driven religious groups um as we've talked about before, which we won't get into today, but it's the same kind of concept. So this isn't a unique thing, but it's in everyone's presence because it's so obvious for people. And so to be able to break it down to, hey, think for yourself, try to stand on your own, really look at all the different sides. Even if if you don't like the side that you're looking at, that doesn't mean you go out and shoot somebody. Right. (laughs) You know, there's yeah. a moral code here, you yeah. know, and and that if you're that, if, if someone's that angry, resentful and oppressed, there's things you can do about it. Now, I can't give the prescription for what that is because it would be individually based. But, you know, if you feel so like I think, you know, I know you're struggling with the backside of like when I put this out on Facebook, is it going to be attacked? All those things. But you're out there, you're putting it out there, you're putting out your things and your feelings, whatever. And that's influencing other people because they're reading it. But it's not offensive. By the way, I was told all summer long that if I didn't put stuff out, if I was silent, I was complicit. I was evil if I was silent. Well, I don't know who told you that. That's ridiculous. Uh, I didn't tell you that. No, but the whole BLM movement, silence is complicit. Stop listening to everybody else. Unfortunately, (laughs) that controlled the narrative, though. I was under the control of that I was under the control of those protests I was under the control of those of that feeling of that set of moralities of that groupthink that was driving the bus at but this I, point like right now this is driving the bus to my resentment as well because I hate being lumped in with these people who who um, stormed the capitol it's driving the bus right now for right or wrong I think so I th- I think that had we had that conversation in the summer and I had known what you said now, then I would have given you an alternative way of doing things, not just thinking about it, of actually being able to say, you know, you're allowing that to stop you from saying something. And it's not necessarily, 
it's how you say it and what you say, but you could have said something and still made an impact. And so to take the threat, because it sounded like you're in all or nothing, which is what most people are in, is like, I can't say anything, I can't do anything about it because your ideas are so blah, 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 or whatever. So I think everyone should always have a voice. It's just how do you use the voice? It's like you can be angry, but you can't shoot someone. What are you going to do with your anger? Don't stuff it. Don't shoot someone because of the extreme. But you have to find something to do. And sitting with it is just breeding more reason to then want to hurt somebody or do something bad. So it's really finding a place for it. And it's not about eating right and exercising, although no. exercising and. But it was that. literally realistic that the a misstep on a social media platform Absolutely. could have pointed the mob at you. Absolutely. And not, I, I, misstep is the wrong word. Well, like a misappropriated phrase, like saying... Not even that. You could be saying something that's right, that, that you believe in, and still end up at the, at the tip of the spear of the mob. Absolutely. And, and I can't say that I haven't, as you, as you know, I've posted up something this six months ago and pulled it back down, yep. like within three seconds. And it wasn't because I said anything wrong. It's just that it was, I knew it was going to get right. backlash of people disagreeing exactly. with me. Exactly, right. And I was like, it's not worth it to me. Because there was nothing wrong with what I posted. You saw what I posted. It was more impassioned about something about coronavirus right. and people just stopping being negative and mean and terrible. And as soon as I posted up, you saw mm-hmm. within three seconds, I had exactly the response yep. I didn't want. So I was like, that's it. I'm taking it down. Right. So, and that's, but in my head, it's like to keep it okay for me, I don't need to put it up there because 20 years ago, we didn't have that. I don't really care. And at the end of the day, I don't need the feedback. <laughs> No, <laughs> and, 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 I understand, but, but the big term picture of right. all that is that the more viewpoints are silenced, right? And again, you know, this whole thing with social media censoring and things like—I don't care who says what. You get—you should be allowed to say it. If somebody says something stupid that's really crazy, that's a bold lie, take that opportunity to dismantle it if you want to. Right. So, so. Th- but increasingly, we're being. Uh, Okay, I'll say we. I'll stay with we. Increasingly, we're being silenced. And it, it's it's a tidal wave that I'm having trouble seeing the end of right now. So so I liken some of this, and then I'm going to wrap up the show here in a second, but yep. I liken some of this to people talking about what you were just talking about the, you know, today, that, you know, when, and I can't remember her name, remember the girl that was held responsible for the her young boyfriend's boy death that, suicide for suicide because yeah. she basically ended up saying go ahead kill yourself all those things they convicted her of talking they convicted her of speech they they convicted her on the basis of her her social media and her to him and other things right. that were written um and and then of course her defense became about her mental health and her and all these things and you know at the end of the day I am a I am a firm believer that that young man was very unstable, and in following some of that case, that that wasn't just she didn't just come out and all of a sudden say that and he did it. Right. It was he kept saying and saying and saying and I and I believe in some of the tape I've seen on her and I don't know the case fully, so I wouldn't put it on her that she did that. I think, but now that has set precedent. Yeah. Because of how that was handled, speaking of what you're saying about she was despicable, but she, she, well, legally, right. legally, right. She there was that. Oh, she did. You can't convict somebody said, for right. talking somebody to death. Right. So, you know, so that mm-hmm. you know, but then you'd get so then we'd get backlash exactly. about like, exactly. well, if yep. someone in school is bullying someone, and by the way, it was despicable. It, oh, it was it yeah. was terrible, yeah. right? But my point of that was saying is that that kind of case set the precedent for. Right. 
for what we're talking about in these larger world cases of things that are people saying. And so, uh, you know, you see, you see where their precedent and, and me telling that story wasn't whether I agreed with her or not, or, or whether or not he, right. but he, there was other pieces there that got sure. taken into factor and mm -hmm. that really, you know, it was yeah, really based on fascinating case, social yeah. media. Yeah, yeah, it was very fascinating, but it, you know, it has those little pieces of what you're talking about here is that here's social media and people want to say what they want to say, but then they're held accountable. And, you know, again, I'd put in the moral code and the ethical code and the thing that, you know, say, say an opinion like, Hey, I think this is what's true. Or I think this is what's not true. That's one thing, you know, versus someone saying like, let's get the firing squad. You know, there's a re that's a problem, <laughs> you know, and that's and but it's like, well, you know, who's the police on that versus someone's opinion? Yeah. Opinion's very different than saying, get the firing squad ready. That there's a, there's a different intonation and meaning to those things psychologically. Oh, I this has no that. opinion from me, Lou, as you're looking yep. at me. This has to do with when words are said. That's why I said at the beginning of that show is that wordsmithing is so important. People hang on words that wor those words are taken literally mm -hmm. like when you know there's a reason why in school systems you're not supposed to be allowed to say go shoot yourself you immediately get called for that's a threat there's you know yep. because those words mean something or go kill yourself that means something so in the context of small world like small town you know people day to day those are the same kinds of things we're seeing on social media that also get restricted because what happens is people then act on them, even though we think logically, like, why would you ever act on that? Because people are vulnerable. People are emotionally vulnerable. People are caught up in other things yep. group-wise or, or lacking support or feeling oppressed, and that's why they act on words, and that's why social media, which we didn't talk about today, but that's why social media is getting a big brunt of this is because words matter, and so it's about, you can say, I think anyone can say what they want, but be mindful that some, if it's an opinion about something like, I don't like this or I like that, I think that's kind of where it should be. Yeah. And, but when you start saying, go do this or implying it, that's going to get people in trouble because people act on it psychologically. It's like giving permission. Yes, so. I agree with you totally. I just want that. I, I want that principle applied universally. Well, and it's yes. it's applied ideologically. It's not applied universally. I, right. And that's yeah. why we have these wonderful discussions. Yes. Yeah. So, so the takeaway from today, hopefully, that people can have is really try to think for yourself. Mm -hmm. Try to build a base of, of, of as much information as you can. Knowledge is your power. Um, stop thinking that's always cheesy because, you know, God forbid you'd actually change your mind on something by hearing something else or actually just informing what you already know and saying, oh, that makes sense too, yep. integrating it. But just being open to that so that you're not so resentful or feel oppressed or when you're about to say something, be mindful that you're going to say something. Don't stuff it, but be mindful that it's going to have an impact. And what are the consequences? Are they going to be, are they going to land flat? Or are they going to land in a way that's going to change something? Or are they going to hurt somebody? Mm -hmm. That's all. Look at that. I know. <laughs> Lou. Yes. You did very, very well today. I tried. Yes. I know. Um, so. Well, because I believe in the bigger nonpartisan issues right. involved here this this is a very important topic yes and i and i you know and i wanted to right raise the discussion above ideology because i think the only way it can be effectively dealt with is above ideology right we well, gotta, it's got to be dealt with universally as opposed to 
how it fits your ideology. And, and, and I think that, in you know, I'm, I'm remiss to not talk about these things because they're so present in people's sure. lives. And people always are like, that's not psychology. Oh, God. It is a yes, hundred million percent psychology. It's in my office daily. <laughs> Literally, I'm going to spend the rest of my day talking about this because people haven't debriefed from last week from Wednesday from right. the Wednesday people that I see. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> it's so important. And it has I can't underplay the psychology is in everything we do, everything we say, everything we hear, everything we see, every interaction, even, you know, even with the grocery store attendant, it, you know, whether yeah. or not you smile, not smile, bark at them, hold them, it, like that matters in a day. Especially what's amplified through media. Yes. Yeah, that, that just so, makes everything so more so, acute. Right. And so it's super important to realize that to not bypass you know, people say, oh, I'm not involved in politics. And then they go on for an hour talking about how the, I'm like, well, you may not think you are, but yeah. in fact you are. So not, you know, not falling out of your awareness zone of, hey, this is impacting you and where it's at and how it feels. And, you know, um, and you can make a difference. People say, I can't make a difference. So why does it matter? You can make a difference because that response right there makes a difference. Right. Um, so so just keep thinking before forward moving. And we were going to talk about people keeping the resolutions this week um, and how they're doing in this week. So I will definitely pick back up on that next week. And obviously it's going to be the day of inauguration and hopefully we will have a nice smooth day. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, and then the following week is my birthday. Oh yes. I'll be 27. Congratulations. Again. <laughs> you don't look a day over 25. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm glowing, right? Yes. Am I shiny today? Yes. <laughs> All right. So everyone have a great week. If you've missed any of the podcasts, you certainly can go on any of my podcast uh, channels that I'm on, which is plenty of them, and um, enjoy the shows and certainly comment or give me feedback. And uh, I'd, I'd be happy to uh, reply. Reply. Have a conversation. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys have a great week and see you next week.